0: Today I'm speaking to Laurie Nankovell who is one-fifth of the band Squid and I wanted to introduce you as like a you know a genre band but I don't think there's one that easily fits to yours um, so if you had to choose where would you go with that what genre would you say your band is?
1: Um, I've always been of the idea of keeping us as an experimental band because although we're not that experimental it means we don't have to conform to any genre and uh we recently signed to warp and that's what they've described us as ours so that kind of does it does it well enough for me experimental five
0: piece great That leaves you loads of room to do what you like with i guess doesn't it Def- yeah definitely so being signed to Warp is a pretty big deal. That's a record label that's had a huge amount of respect and attention for the last sort of 20, 30 years. What was it mm. like when you get uh, a contract come through from a label like that? Um, it was quite surprising, I guess, being
1: being labeled generally before this as kind of post-punk and being in the band world. Um, we were all pretty surprised, but I think... Warp's been a big favourite for a few of us definitely over the years so um, we were pretty bloody happy when it came through. Yeah. yeah. What are your favourite Warp releases? Um, I was always big into the square pusher stuff that came out maybe in like early noughties. I remember seeing him in Brighton when I was 15 16 maybe and it was a seated gig at the Brighton Dome and it was quite bizarre because obviously his music's incredibly intense and there was just by the end of the gig everyone was just standing on their like seats being like putting their hands in the air but it was like this kind of weird um, cinema from the future
0: How did you guys meet in the first place? Um four of us went to sussex
1: and one of us was at brighton uni so brighton as a city i guess was where we met um and yeah generally just started doing kind of musical projects um in different groups being (laughs) me and arthur and anton started off in a a funk and soul covers band which uh at its peak, had a we had a four hundred capacity venue and fifteen of us on stage, which was quite uh, a fun fun evening. Yeah, um, and then yeah, I think kind of just started playing in a jazz venue called The Verdict in Brighton, um, as a three and then four piece, and then I would I'd been away in Denmark, and when I came back started playing with those guys. um, And yeah, I guess it kind of just grew from there.
0: Being in a band that is quite experimental, I always imagine it would be quite difficult to find like-minded people who would be interested in, you know, doing the same experiments. Um, Was that something that one of you were, you know, pushing towards a certain direction or did it all come naturally?
1: Um, I guess not necessarily musically, but, we were drawn to each other's personalities in the sense of we became friends because I think you know we liked how each other thought about different things and then that kind of transpired that actually musically we thought quite similarly about certain stuff Mm -hmm. but you know I definitely feel that there's so much to learn from like the other four in terms of music amongst other things and i think that's that's part of it it's just like we have such a wide variety of music tastes and stuff that as as collectively at least and then um that just transpires that
0: the music we make
1: ends up sounding quite different from just the track before
0: you play brass in the band which has got to be has got to add a different dimension to things because that's not a regular band instrument is it um do you find that you're bringing ideas and you're just fitting in with the song or do you sometimes come up with the first part of it and you they work to you or how do you fit in with a band setup like that? I guess
1: it it's more difficult to originate an idea with just an instrument that's meant to be played as a kind of solo instrument or as traditionally And I guess when we're making music as a five, it's primarily made in the rehearsal studio, but collectively. So it is difficult starting a a song with just a horn line, but it definitely happens occasionally. And we tend to make music, yeah, I guess collectively, in the sense that people have different ideas that they start off a rehearsal with, but by no means is it the same idea that they've come in with that comes out the other end? Mm. And that sense of like letting go of what your initial idea is and um, being ready to accept that your horn line might just not be the one for the band <laughs> by the end of the uh, rehearsal, studio, rehearsal
0: session is is uh, something we've
1: learned to accept, I guess.
0: So it is yeah. a genuinely collaborative process, that the five of you are sat in one room writing. Yeah, 100%.
1: Which has meant that this pandemic has been a very interesting step for us compositionally and creatively,
0: but I think we're we're kind of getting to grips with it now, which is quite nice, so you are working on new music as a band in the last, mm. you have been in the last few weeks,
1: yeah, definitely. it has been obviously a lot slower and much more different because you can't feed off each other instantaneously I guess in the same way you would in a rehearsal studio but um, that's not to say it's been a bad thing I think having more time to think of an idea solo has meant there's been some really great stuff that's been coming out but it's more just cohesively I guess trying to trying to put those
0: put those ideas together From the EPs and singles that you've released already, there's always there's already been quite a big change in your sound, um, mm. and so you've now on a much larger label, and you've got much more of a following. Do you know what your fans sort of expect for you from you now, or are you literally just playing it by ear and seeing what comes out, and you truly experimenting?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the we've got a lot of Northern dads who are fans. But that's not to say that northern dads <laughs> just listen to certain types of music.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess. What do you think of? Um, what do you think draws them to your music?
1: Um, a lot of how how do you me- know?
0: How do you know these are your fans? <laughs> we, when
1: we've been up north, there's been a lot of dads who have been at the gigs. The majority of the gigs, it's been forty plus Met men, which has been not all the time. That's I definitely. I'm making a bit of a generalisation here, but. Uh, we get that quite a lot, I guess, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think that's like the, there's there's a lot of the Six Music listeners who listen to us, and Six Music's been a really great thing for us,
0: um, promotionally, I guess. Yeah,
1: just in terms of pushing our music to a wide audience.
0: So, what are you guys all listening to at the moment? What's uh, influencing your music that you're working on?
1: Um it's hard to say for the other four I've been listening to some Sun Ra whilst making dinner, pretty big in the game, I guess for me, Ollie, there's a new crack cloud single out today that which we were all pretty thought was pretty wicked um it's hard to say for the other guys though we don't you don't massively chat about the music that we listen to together.
0: Um, unless we're in the van and stuff and it's on tour and
1: then we've got a shared playlist or whatever.
0: I guess that but stops you from copying people, doesn't it? If you're all listening to different stuff, you're all bringing different ideas to the table. Yeah, definitely. I've been listening to a lot
1: of stuff, Jan Stevens, but that's quite quite a mile away from the music we're making, I guess, which is, yeah. yeah. But yeah, like I said, we all listen to a big
0: big variety of music. You guys were lucky enough to play Glastonbury the other year um, and I was just wondering what's... When you're in a band early on in their career and you get a gig like that, what's going through your head when you're up on stage? We we played three times at Glastonbury and there were quite different gigs,
1: I guess. But the first one, we were all just incredibly excited. Um, yeah, I guess it was my sixth year last year and I had a very good time. The other two were more difficult, I guess. One being a 1am slot on a Friday night and then the other one being at 11am 11 11 the next day meant that mm. the energy in, in the two sets was quite different yeah. <laughs> as you might imagine but yeah no it was it was amazing um,
0: sad not to be there this year. Do you get to um, sort of wander around backstage with a Access All Areas pass and meet other musicians or is that not really going on? Not quite at Glastonbury there's a I think we've got a few more years till we get that that triple A pass Yeah, one thing I thought was interesting about your, your music is you choose some pretty unusual artwork. I thought the street album artwork, which I have to share from the social media, that was something that caught my eye because it seems, it seems like such an obvious idea, really, it's just a photo of a recognizably English street. I don't think I've ever seen that used as album artwork before. Um, so I was just wondering if that has any sort of link in with the music or is that just something that you saw by an artist and you liked it? And you know, what, was, um, what made you choose something like that? It was by an artist that we liked, I guess.
1: I think the street, you know, the the music felt quite local to us. Not necessarily British, but definitely was influenced by the, the things that were around us, which I think that's
0: why it might have struck a chord with the five of us. Your tastes from your teenage years to your early 20s, that's probably the time in your life that your taste changes the most because that's when you're going to gigs the most and you're mixing with people based on their music tastes and it really changes. Um, Mm. And obviously that feeds into how you write songs. And if you're in a band, everything you listen to all mixes up into what you end up writing. Um, But do you think that if you played the music you make now to yourself 10 years ago, do you think it would be something you liked?
1: That's a good question. When I was 14, I was kind of getting into the, the weird dubstep-y, dubstep-y region of my my life. <laughs> and I think maybe that would have taken away from any experimental post-punk. But that's not to say, you know, back in the day, I did listen to a big variety of stuff. And I think if I'd gone to a gig and I'd really enjoyed it, the live aspect would have would have brought me back to listening to
0: our music. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I I think I would, yeah.
0: Talking of live music, who do you think puts on the most sort of engaging live show that you've seen? What's like an example of a fantastic live performance? Definitely a couple of years ago,
1: it was the band Duds. I don't know if you've heard of them, but it was a seven piece from Manchester who played like incredibly energetic post-punk music. But um, they have sadly folded maybe about a year ago. Um, but have started making more music under the moniker Handle and just had a great release on Upset the Rhythm Mm -hmm. so uh, if they do any shows well not this year looking likely but next year then I'd suggest go see them Um, yeah as I mentioned earlier Sun Sun Ra Orchestra were were pretty bloody phenomenal is that like a huge
0: jazz band set up
1: Pretty much, yeah. But it it's crazy. They've they've got a ninety two year old saxophonist who's still shreds it and he's the he's the band leader. And the the rest of the band are like sixties, seventies and they're like doing they're doing like cartwheels and like flips on the front of the stage like after playing like incredible sax solos. It's like it's nothing you've ever seen before. It's it's amazing.
0: Yeah, it does sound amazing. Yeah. Is that something you guys as a band take seriously, the uh, live, you know, not just the energy of it, but the visual side of a live performance? Um,
1: Yeah. I haven't plucked up the courage for the cartwheel, cartwheel through the crowd yet, (laughs) but Jesse Ray, Glacier 2021. You've plenty of time to
0: practice at the moment. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Do some gymnastics courses.
0: On... Who's flying the plane? We like to give the guests the chance to shine a light on something that's gone unnoticed, doesn't have enough attention. So, uh, what would you hmm. like to offer as your hidden jam?
1: Well, my my flatmate's been making some um, fantastic music at the moment, she's called Katie J. Pearson. I feel- has just had a single out with heavenly um it's going yeah it's just a cracking, feel good um pop record pretty much and yeah if, if if anyone needs some more limelight she'd she'd be the one definitely
0: how can we follow squid on social media and are you guys doing anything while you're in lockdown that people can get involved with we are on i think it's squid band
1: uk on insta and facebook and the squidband.uk is our new website if you want to follow us or sign up on there um and we we'll, we're, we're going to be doing a, a live stream of a performance not your not your average good performance something a bit more meditative in a couple of weeks um potentially on a radio session but that'll be posted on our socials for sure
0: Cool. Good and plan for it.
1: yeah people have been working on little solo projects and stuff which might be seeing some light of day over the next few weeks yeah but again have a look on the socials
0: well thanks a lot for talking to me Laurie.
1: No worries, Alex. Nice to chat to you.